Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're talking about rushing waters, looking at several passages of scripture, where it talks about God's voice, the voice of Jesus is like the sound of rushing waters. So I was thinking about this. My daughter and I were having a conversation the other day, talking about what happens in nature if water gets stagnant. Water is just sitting still. It gets mold and bacteria and algae and parasites. From that water just sitting still, all the pests and bugs come into it. And we talked about the importance that water needs to be moving. Water needs to be flowing. And about how God has given us these rivers of living water, these springs of living water on the inside. And talking about it, just reminded of this. It says, his voice is like the sound of rushing waters. His word and his voice are not still, they're not stagnant, they're constantly moving. They're in motion, they're flowing consistently. Well, I would take communion every day. About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. I was doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. At the time, I was running my personal training gym business, but life wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. Got into some tough months where my business is struggling. I got some months where I'm losing thousands of dollars in a month. I remember getting to this place of going for a walk with my wife, just telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. And it wasn't for a lack of seeking or searching because I've been reading books, taking courses, going to seminars, traveling all over the country, studying with the best health and fitness experts in the world. But I wasn't finding what I was looking for. And then one day I came across this challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. Then you keep going like that until the end of the month and you start back over again. Well, I've been doing this for a little while. And one day, Proverbs 13, 22, just seemed to jump off the page of me. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing that we can pass on to future generations? Well, Proverbs tells us the principal thing, the main thing is wisdom. And so I made a commitment that day. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the areas of life. But really, when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God, began to totally immerse myself in the things of God. My relationship with him began to grow. He began to teach me, began to train me. He taught me this whole new way of living. We make him the source. We make him the center of everything. It wasn't always easy all the time. I had to unlearn some old things. I had to let go of my old ways to embrace this new way of living. At times, I found myself in some impossible-looking situations only to see him just show up over and over again to come through so that my trust in him just grew even more. And over the course of about 10 years, just documenting what he was taking me through, it turned into this series of books and courses and now partners that we call the Abundant Life Blueprint. But out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I do believe daily communion is the most important thing. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. It has the ability to create a turning point in our life to change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. Something so powerful about just remembering him and not forgetting, especially when we're facing issues and troubles and problems in life, helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. The Apostle Paul says, every time you take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus, which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation of all these benefits that are found in the new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. 
Every time we take communion, we take it with the fear of the Lord, with deep awe and honor and reverence for the sacrifice of Jesus. I think it's important to remember both what he did and what, what it means for us, connecting us back to God, giving us this new covenant with him. So the process we typically use, we start with about a two-minute long prayer that's mostly scripture, coming from Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer of Jabez found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick, and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. If communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we've been talking about some practical physical workout tips. Because I truly believe all the principles of physical exercise are meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them, and our church and governmental leaders. I thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear son. I thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you can fight for us. And I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe. The same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us, to make your face shine upon us and let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and to do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? And how are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. We're going to bring our relationship with God down into today to impact every area of today. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. That's where we talk about executing these four fundamentals and bringing some fun and some energy into them today. But before we go through that, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, there were steps and stages and a process that they went through. It didn't happen in one day. And in a similar way, for us to step into the promises and the inheritance that he has for us in Christ, I think we go through a similar process. And very simply, I think it starts with 
Just believe in God's got something better for our life. Better than we can ever ask or think or dream or imagine. And then being willing to move forward with that plan. To put off our old ways, to make him Lord, to put him in charge. Say, you know, I'm going to obey. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to put off my old ways and learn to do do things this new way. Where we rest and we trust in him. We allow his plan to unfold and his perfect timing. So our first fundamental. Let's get positioned in the light today. Every day, we've got to keep repositioning ourselves back into the light. And I think it starts with humility, humbling ourselves in relationship to God, humbling ourselves in relationship to other people. Because it's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. We're going to take our position in forgiveness today, receiving forgiveness from God, forgiving ourselves in the middle, walking in forgiveness with other people. And we're going to take our position in love today kind and patient and gentle, always assuming the best, keeping no record of wrongs, delighting in the truth, always hoping, always trusting, always persevering, because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today. One of the greatest expressions of faith, and it's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day long. And being in position is a big deal. Because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us in Christ. This day today, we've got access to his spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom. There's health and energy, purpose and grace, time, finances, resources, fellowship with God, fellowship with people. We got to learn how to get in position to receive it. And then we got to learn how to get it flowing. It's not meant to be stagnant. It's got to flow in our lives out into the world where we see the fruit or the result of it. So our first step is to get in position. Our second step is to magnify the light. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light within us. And it's going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all these good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our hearts, where we become more fixed and consistent in it. And to magnify the light, we've talked about the example of two baskets on a balancing scale. One basket full of the issues and problems and testings we face. The other basket full of our praises to God, praising God for who he is and all that he's done. Which basket are we going to fill up with our thoughts, our words, our focus, our attention, our meditation? Which basket are we going to fill up? Focusing on the issues and problems or filling up that basket of praise, keeping our focus on God. So to magnify the light, we can magnify his word, his unfailing love and faithfulness, his mighty works that nothing's impossible with him. We can magnify every good thing he's done for us in Christ. Looking back at all that he's already done, because what he started, he's going to finish. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. Rather, it's simply choosing to magnify that basket of praise because we trust that God can solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. But he does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, bitterness, unforgiveness, magnifying that basket of issues and problems, venting, complaining, pouting, getting depressed over it. And that's where we're going to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because wherever we're positioned, whatever we're magnifying, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. When we're out of position, there can be a lack of fellowship, lack of fellowship with God. And people might find ourselves retaliating, withholding good things that we know to do, 
avoiding people, giving them the silent treatment, isolating ourselves. On the inside, there's this heaviness and weight and pressure, like it's all sitting on you. Might have feelings of hopelessness or helplessness, like you're trapped or you're stuck. And all that weight and energy, all that weight and pressure just drains all the energy right out of you. Emotionally, there's the fear and stress and worry. We're dreading things in the future, envisioning all these worst case scenarios, flashbacks of the past. And unfortunately, this can become a pattern. This can become a habit, a vicious cycle that just seems to keep repeating over and over again. But when we take our position in the light, there's rest in our soul. There's fullness and completeness with him. We've got fellowship with God, fellowship with people, broken fellowship. Feel like there's not peace in the relationship with either you or with people. One of the big symptoms. And when we rest, God goes to work. And now everything begins to flow. Everything, all those good things he put in Christ just begin to flow. Everything is free and easy and effortless, energizing. And all those good things begin to flow. And now all of a sudden we've got hope in any and every situation. Because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace that if we ever get off track, it just takes a moment to turn it right back around. I think it starts with presence. Just getting more presence. Presence will turn the tables often very quickly. Just get more presence, get aware, get more present, get aware of what's going on around you, what's going on in your life. And then we humble ourselves. Father, I've missed it. I'm off track right now. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves in the middle. If we need to forgive or reconcile with others, we take those steps. And we start praising him and magnifying him. And I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me tap into it and see it flowing in my life at a greater level today. You go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you. Everything begins to flow again. Get back into fellowship with God, back into fellowship with people. And then our third fundamental, we're going to stay tuned in today. Every day, every day, God's trying to teach us and train us and navigate us. But we've got to stay tuned into him. His word is flowing consistently. We've got to stay in rhythm, in step with him. My favorite way to do this is with the journal before bed. And the first thing I like to start with at the very top of my journal is putting some filters at the top. These are just short phrases, maybe a statement, maybe one word that I keep rewriting every day as a way to reinforce God's standard and direction for my life. For example, it might look something like the following. God is working continually for my good, and I'm going to do continually good for others. And that short phrase just helps us to navigate throughout the day when there's issues and problems. It keeps it top of mind. And then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position, and then to magnify what went well today. What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? And then I like to ask this question, God, what were you trying to show me today? And just get still and listen and whatever comes into my mind, just begin to write those things down. And then we're going to stay tuned into him. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection, just take one to two minutes, get more present. Slow down, get aware of his presence with you. Think of it like plugging in a phone. You're going to get powered up in him again. And then the final thing I like to do in my journal is to plan out the upcoming day with God. And I've learned to stick with our fourth fundamental. Do what you know to do today. 
I learned sometimes I was getting out ahead of God because I was toiling away, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen ahead of schedule. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating, waiting on things, procrastinating, coming up with all kinds of excuses. So I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? That becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we remember this very important principle that the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. As I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter one, the very first words we see God speak. Let there be light. So I began to start my days this way, the very first words out of my mouth. Let there be light. And it's amazing how just such a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. Then we start walking out that plan, full confidence in him. He's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. All those good things begin to flow. They're not stagnant. He begins to beautify our lives. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. Let's take a look at these scriptures today. Psalm 29, verse 3. It says, The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. Just find it very interesting right now. As I'm recording this, there's thunder happening right around me in the outside here. Ezekiel 43, verse 2. He says, and I saw the glory of, of the God of Israel coming from the east. His voice was like the roar of rushing waters, and the land was radiant in his glory. Revelation 1.5, talking about Jesus. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. So Heavenly Father, we're asking for your help today. We're asking for wisdom and insight and understanding. And how your voice is like the roar of rushing waters. What that means for us. Help us to understand this. And if there's something practical that we're supposed to be implementing with this insight and revelation, I ask that you would show that to us as well. We thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body. It's broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take a moment to remember God sent us his one and only son to come die for us, to forgive our sins. He was crushed by God. It pleased God to crush him. The cup of God's wrath was poured onto his body. But then he's raised back to life. He's victorious over death. And now that same victorious power, that same spirit lives on the inside of us. He connects us back to God, makes us right and holy and perfect in his sight. All through his one sacrifice. So, Father, we thank you for this bread. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. 
It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness and transfers us into the light, into the kingdom of God's dear son. We've come into his kingdom. We've got a new king, making him our Lord, not just our Savior, but also our Lord. Where he leads us and guides us, we follow his direction. He's cleansed us. He's made atonement for us with his blood, given us this new covenant. That God is with us and for us, this blood-sworn oath. So, Father, we thank you for this cup. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have a juice, you can take your juice. All right. Rushing waters. As I was talking to my daughter about this, I said, let's remember. Our bodies are mostly water. So if we're just sitting around all day, we're not moving. That water is stagnant. It's not healthy for our bodies to be stagnant. That water needs to keep moving. That water keeps our bodies clean. And it's got to be moving. It's got to be rushing through the body. Increased activity keeps those waters moving, which keeps our bodies healthy. That's very important for us to remember. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.